Welcome to No Player Connected. Today we aren't playing New Vegas, but we are talking about it with post-apocalyptic artist, cattle enjoyer, and book club overlord, Night and Gaelic, aka Emma. We're sticking with the cattle enjoyer? We are sticking with the cattle enjoyer. Alright, that's a title that I can be proud of. And you are the overlord of the book club that I'm in, so I had to pay homage <laughs> to you. Overlord. overlord is a very uncharitable title, I think, for the position of book club manager, but okay. You lord over us. Sure, yeah. But not in a way that's, like, unrelatable. <laughs> is there relatable overlording? Well, <laughs> that might tie us into the game we're talking about today. I do not think there's relatable... <laughs> of whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Emma, can you, can you tell us what New Vegas is? Sure. Fallout New Vegas is a 2010 open world action RPG. It is the sixth game in the Fallout video game series, and I believe the third spin-off of the main series of Fallout games. It is set in a post-apocalyptic United States, wherein a nuclear war between America and China destroyed the world in 2077, and everybody's just trying to get along after that happened and make the best of it. So Fallout New Vegas specifically takes place in the Mojave Desert in 2281. The player is a courier who is hired to deliver a package to the city of New Vegas, which sits in the ruins of Las Vegas, Nevada. But on the way to their destination, the courier is waylaid in the desert, robbed by a man in a checkered coat, and then shot in the head and left for dead. They are rescued from their grave by a friendly robot, and patched up by a wasteland doctor who then kicks them out of his house as soon as they're, you know, able to walk. <laughs> As you do. And from there, it is up to you to try to figure out what happened and why. Now, why are we in a spooky graveyard with a groaning uh, water tower, or whatever this thing is, above us? We are currently standing over the courier's empty grave, which I thought was an appropriate place to have this discussion about this game and the Mojave Wasteland, which is an unforgiving yet very fun place to hang out. And standing over your own empty grave is probably one of the most apt discussions for the atmosphere that Fallout New Vegas can bring you. Your own empty grave? Well, yeah, I guess. Although usually people stand over their empty grave and then are put in it, you get to climb out and then stare at your own. So pretty nice. So this game has, it has a cult following. It's a classic. It's from, when did you say it was? 2010. Oh my god, 30 years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> why do people keep coming back to New Vegas? Why are we talking about it right now? Why does anyone give a rat's ass? Well, we're talking about it right now because Fallout New Vegas is the only Fallout game that you've played most of. Okay, so you're calling <laughs> me out. You're calling me out. Fallout New Vegas is successfully marrying what people love about the old games, Fallout and Fallout 2, with the newer games, um, which started with Fallout 3 after Bethesda acquired the rights to the series. And it's got pretty much everything you could ever ask from a Fallout game. It's got a great story, it's got good game mechanics, it's got a wonderful setting with memorable characters, and it offers you a whole bunch of ways that you and your character can shape the wasteland that you wake up. In, which people really love. How do I shape the wasteland? How do I mold it with my little grubby hands? Uh, along your journey to figure out what happened to you in the desert, um, you meet all sorts of people and the factions that they represent or belong to, and you can choose to make their lives easier or wipe them out completely or just kind of leave them off to the side while you run off in the opposite direction to go make friends with somebody else. It really offers you everything you could want in terms of player choice and in terms of role-playing. Um, you can be whoever you want to be, you can make whatever decisions you think your courier character would make, and you can side with a whole bunch of different powers at play in the wasteland to kind of determine the future of the Mojave. You mentioned the different factions. Who would you say are the biggest players in this game? Uh, the biggest players in the Mojave Wasteland, in terms of size and power, would be the New California Republic, which is a holdover faction from Fallout and Fallout 2. Uh, the NCR, as they are better known, is a kind of a liberal democracy that sprung up on the west coast of the United States and is 
following in the footsteps, at least spiritually, um, of the United States and going with the representative democracy thing. But also, they don't have enough resources to keep their people on the West Coast happy, so they're being imperialistic and pushing East to take over things that they think they can use to better their their people back home. So, so nothing like the United States. We would never do that. <laughs> no, we've never done that ever in the history of the world. Yeah, not and definitely not on this continent, just in reverse. Right, so the NCR is here in the Mojave Wasteland because they have their eyes on Hoover Dam, which, as you know, is probably one of the biggest monuments out in the West that could survive an apocalypse and is also known for making electricity. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's horny for the Hoover Dam in this game. Yep, and then on the opposite side of Hoover Dam, you have Caesar's Legion, who is here to make everyone's lives worse. (laughs) (laughs) That's their mission statement. (laughs) We hate you. That's not what they put on the posters. Um, Caesar's Legion is here... Because their leader, Caesar, or Kaisar, depending on if you're a fan of his, uh, wants to take over the Mojave Wasteland because he feels it would be the crown jewel of his empire and he would like New Vegas to be his new Rome. And he is in charge of a slave army that might possibly be able to do that. I don't think he can do it. Stuck between the NCR and Caesar's Legion and currently in control of the city of New Vegas is a pre-war guy by the name of Robert House. He owned a very successful robot company prior to the nuclear bombs falling, and he protected the city of Las Vegas for the most part from being destroyed by nuclear fire. And then he fell into a coma for about 200 years and then woke, <laughs> up, and then woke up recently, and now he's running the strip again, having cherry-picked a couple of tribes in the area to be his second hands and run some casinos, which make him money, primarily from the NCR. People go out there to gamble, and he takes their caps. (laughs) He takes their dollars. How did he fall into a coma for 200 years? So I believe believe that the reason um, he wound up in a coma was because he was using his own brain power linked up to his computers to manage like the missiles that he was using to shoot down the nukes and it was too much of a stress on his body that's badass (laughs) that's cool so he's playing that one old arcade game where you like blow up the missiles as they're coming down yeah except his uh game was hooked up to his own nervous system and then you know it just kind of blacked him out for a while there he's a hero (laughs) is what you're telling me some people do think he's a hero you can meet several characters in the game who are like yeah the wasteland wouldn't look the way that it does if it weren't for robert house and i think you could argue that you know people's lives were saved by him but whether that was for his own benefit or their benefit (laughs) that's really up in the air yeah a reoccurring theme here is talking about libertarian city-state leaders who seem well-intentioned and then well i mean we'll get to that we'll get to house maybe maybe he's good (laughs) maybe he's a good guy Eh, sure maybe he's not weird Let's, yeah, we could, we could talk about House's motivations at some point here. All right. Uh, are there any other major factions you'd like to lay out on this, this board? Well, the final major faction and the major decisive figure in the Wasteland would be the Courier themselves, because they can choose to side with any of these three groups and shape the Wasteland to their liking, or they can go their own direction and kind of steal the plan of the guy who shot you in the head, Benny, <laughs> and... With the help of a plucky little robot named Yes Man, you can take over the Strip, take over New Vegas, even take over Hoover Dam, and kind of do what you want with it. Whether that's for the good of the wasteland or not is also up for debate, but it's an option. So of those, who's the best? <laughs> Doing away with all the nuance, all the all the hemming and hawing, oh, maybe, maybe this, maybe that. Who do you who do you side with? I would say that that depends on who you are and what you're trying you, to do with the wasteland. You right now take a stand. Okay, so every time that I've played this game, I have either sided with the New California Republic or Yes Man, simply because I find those pathways to be the most fun to play, and they actually are the two factions that players of New Vegas will typically argue over as being the best possible course of action for the Mojave, because The New California Republic, while it does have the idea of democracy behind it, it's also got a whole lot of problems. It's it's got corrupt politicians, 
its legislative body doesn't necessarily use its resources for the best causes all the time. They're trying to fight a war in the East that isn't going super well, and that optic is making the politicians who back it change their minds about whether they should fight Caesar's Legion, who inarguably would be worse than the NCR. <laughs> inarguably? <laughs> Well, it would, they would definitely be worse for the Mojave than the New California Republic. Even if the New California Republic isn't popular in the Mojave, they're a little bit better than being enslaved. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> and it's it's crazy, this weird alien world where a democracy is experiencing corruption and has an unsuccessful war out east yeah. and politicians that aren't doing too well and are unpopular it's just fascinating what the human mind can like conjure up like imagination wise thank god we don't have this in real life i know right in terms of alternate realities you really can't beat this game (laughs) (laughs) um on the other hand you have yes man who is a robot that was programmed by benny who intended to essentially murder robert house and take his job running the strip (gasps) And, you know, start using the money to his own benefit. Um, And you can do that. As the courier, you can take the robot, you can get rid of Robert House, and you can start ruling over the city and doing whatever you want to do with the money. People who side with Yes Man are doing so because they are dissatisfied with any of the three other options presented to you, be it the NCR, the Legion, or House. They look at those three and they say, wow, these all suck. I want to do my own thing. (laughs) And so they do. And that can be to the benefit or the detriment of various groups around the Mojave, because as the captain of your own destiny, you get to choose which groups in the Mojave you want to be friendly with and which ones you would rather just, you know, wipe out. Who can you, who can you wipe out? Again, <laughs> with my grubby little mitts here, whose fate is in my hands if I go the yes man route? Okay, so there are a couple of side factions that aren't uh, the major power players in the Mojave, including the Brotherhood of Steel, the Boomers, <laughs> the Followers of the Apocalypse, and the Great Cons, to name a few. And you can decide to be friendly with them, or you can decide to ignore them completely, or you can just decide to stamp them out. There are a couple of factions that will not survive until the end of the game unless you do the yes man track because all of the other factions for some reason or another want them gone like the brotherhood of steel for example i thought you were gonna say the boomers nope caesar ncr and house all want the brotherhood of steel gone (laughs) (laughs) what about the like okay so for context for people who might not know there's a are they on an airfield Yeah, there's a group called the Boomers that lives on an Air Force base, previously Nellis Air Force Base, which I believe is in Nevada. And they just try to blow you up. They just try to blow up anybody that gets close. Well, yeah, they like their base. They don't want anybody new coming in. They want to keep to themselves, and they really love heavy weaponry. (laughs) I hate them. Yeah. I hate them. They piss me off. They're a little bit... uh, They're not super... I I don't know what word I'm looking for here. They suck. They suck. (laughs) (laughs) Get them out of here. Yes, man. Kill. But the boomers, as an example, you can decide to recruit them to your side if you're working with Yes, man, the Legion, or the NCR, or House for that matter, too. Right. And you can decide to just leave them in their own little corner to play with the big guns. (laughs) (laughs) The enclosure. The boomer enclosure. If if you don't want to. So players who decide to play uh, with Yes, man mostly do it out of a dissatisfaction with the other groups in the Mojave, but I would argue that the NCR is still the better pick out of the two of them because even though democracy or things close to democracy are messy, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're worse than the other options. Like democracy or being enslaved, democracy or a trickle-down economy. (laughs) Why not both? Why not both? Well, you get that level of choice if you decide to side with Yes Man. The other issue that I have with the Yes Man track is the fact that most of the people who choose it probably don't have something completely different in mind in terms of running both the strip and the areas around the strip. Like, trying to imagine a system where you could benefit everybody in this wasteland that doesn't resemble a current philosophy or mode of government is going to be super difficult to do. And also super difficult to sell to the denizens of the wasteland, who 
as demonstrated by the game itself, will just turn on you or try to shoot you to get rid of you and your ideas that you're trying to impose on them. What kind of ending would you want available with the Yes Man ending that would actually be palatable, you think? Because, yeah, right now, if you go the Yes Man route, you're just kind of another despot in New Vegas. Hmm. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I think that that in and of itself is a good aspect of the game too, because the tracks that you can take for the future of New Vegas make you think about which is actually like the better of the options. And sometimes there isn't another option, right? Like you have to think about doing like the least amount of harm to the most amount of people. Yeah, yeah. I I suppose New Vegas does have a lot of choice that it gives you. But it doesn't let you get the perfect good option. Like, I take over New Vegas. Rise up, everybody. Like, you can have all the wealth. And, like, no, you you don't get that option. You get, like, I'm a slightly nicer house. I'm going to put the boomers in a little enclosure instead <laughs> of wiping them out. The Brotherhood of Steel can fuck off. Right. Uh, yeah, you, but you don't get to, like, tailor make a perfect ending. No. The example that I would give you for the Yes Man track would be that if you decide to side with Yes Man and take control of the Strip and Hoover Dam, the followers of the apocalypse, like, they get overrun. Like, they can't manage all the people that are coming to their clinic. Poverty in Freeside doesn't get any better. And so they just don't have enough supplies to go around. Like, that's just how it is because... You know, if you institute some level of anarchy, people are gonna take advantage of that. And I've seen people argue, like, well, that doesn't account for how my courier would do things. <laughs> yeah, my special boy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that was the point. I think the point was to try to, like, show that these sorts of situations have happened and will continue to happen despite your best efforts. So you can you can roleplay whoever you want, kind of. Yeah, kind, kind of. of. You you cannot be completely benevolent and fix everyone's problems. And there's only so much that the writers could fit into this game, and I think that they did a pretty great job for only 18 months of development, so... How much time uh, do the other Fallout games get with their development? I actually went and looked up Fallout 4s, and I believe they like had an initial idea for the game in 2009, and then there's Fallout 4? Fallout 4. And you know when that game came out, right? Was it like 2016? It was 2015. Okay. Well, yeah. That's close. Now, I know that doesn't necessarily account for like how much how many of their devs were actually working on it, but right. that still loads more time than 18 months. <laughs> Obsidian built this game in a cave with scraps in 18 months. Why can't they make it again? <laughs> Obsidian was also building on an existing framework. Like, they had the same engine that Fallout 3 was using. That's true. Um, but that is still an insanely, like, small amount of time to develop what New Vegas actually became. Especially considering the game's staying power. Like I said, it came out in 2010. People are still, like, engaging with it. Seeking out content about it arguing about which faction is best online and we're 13 years on from it yeah i'm getting stupid tiktok slideshows of new vegas with <laughs> like old 50s music in the background so yeah it there's still freaks out there playing this game hopefully listening to this what do you what do you think it brings to the table that the other fallouts don't have because i don't see fallout 3 people beating down my door shoving <laughs> content in my face it's always like oh being out in the Mojave makes you wish for a nuclear winter. And, like, I can't <laughs> avoid that shit. Fallout 3 has, what, three dog? Yeah, Fallout 3 has three dog. Fallout 3 has three dog. Liberty Prime. Liberty Prime. And is Liam Neeson in that? Yes. Liam Neeson. There you go. That's <laughs> Those are the three big things. Fall, Fallout New Vegas has Boone. <laughs> New Vegas has dog that is a robot and also Elvis people. Rex. <laughs> yeah, it has Rex. We love Rex. New Vegas has all sorts of goofy, wacky things in it. But but what does it have? What's the X factor that the other fallouts don't have? Feel free to put down the other fallouts right now, too. Sure. Um, <laughs> I can. I will sure, happily sure. do that all day. <laughs> Fuck those guys. I mean, you, you, you can't really be a fallout fan without, like, 
dissecting all of the games and why they're not as good as the one that you've chosen as your favorite. Do you hear yourself right now? You can't you can't be a fan. All right. But you have to you have to kill. You have to find a member of one of the other fan bases and kill them. You know what? That's a good point because I try very hard not to be that person, but I think it's a time-honored tradition in the Fallout fandom to Pick a game as your favorite, and then continuously just compare all the other Fallout games to it. Rain or shine. All right, do it now. (laughs) All right, Fallout New Vegas has, one, a really great story that can fork and change depending on your player choices in a way that a lot of the other Fallout games can attempt to emulate, but never quite get to the same point of. Um, I feel like that's one of the biggest factors that a lot of players really enjoy about it. Fallout New Vegas also introduced uh, a bunch of gameplay mechanics uh, that Fallout 3 lacked, and that would include various perks, uh, gunplay, weapons modification. You can talk all day about the fact that there is a morality system that doesn't just go up or down depending on if you do good or bad things. You actually have a standing with each of the groups in the Mojave. That is really cool. I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, as opposed to in Fallout 3 where it's like, oh, you blow up Megaton, but you can still be considered good by the end of the game (laughs) if you, you know, find enough lost kittens and bring them home. Yeah, 50 lost kittens (laughs) equals wiping a city off the map. I am the savior of the wasteland. Mm -hmm. That means I get to kill people. Yeah, Fallout New Vegas also has a very memorable setting. It was a return to form for a lot of fans of the original Fallout game and Fallout 2 um, because it was a return to the West Coast, that setting out there. And it also, you know, incorporated more of the, oh, your choices actually matter element. Damn. Do my choices not matter in 3 and 4? Well, if you think about it, there really aren't that many choices in Fallout 3 that you can make to affect the main story. That game is really kind of on train tracks from when you leave the vault and then you get to the end of the game with the water purifier and you're like, huh, I can choose to save everyone or kind of save everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to cut in here. In New Vegas... I can just run up and, like, kill important people. And, like, Caesar, you can you can just cut him off mid-speech, knock his block off, and that's, like, part of the... Would you say that's part of the plot or the game adapts to that? I would say that the game is very good at incorporating all of, like, the small decisions that you make with the characters as well as the large ones. But, like, the game doesn't end if you if you kill an important character. Like, the world will keep going. The war will keep happening. You have to decide, oh, who's going to get Hoover Dam at the end of the day, even if Caesar is dead and the president of the NCR is dead and Robert House is dead. <laughs> you can take out every important person in the strip and the game would still be like, oh, well, um, we've written stuff for that and keep going. You mentioned the setting. What do you think? Is it just the West Coast bit that makes it so much better? Is it the cowboy, you know, aesthetic that I can put on my little cowboy hat? Yeah, there's a little robot sheriff there. Howdy, partner. Or is there there something else that makes this so charming? I think the cowboy aesthetic is a big part of it, honestly. There are a whole bunch of people that just venerate the American West to a certain degree. You really can't beat Las Vegas as a setting that has a little bit of mystique to it. I mean, how else could you look at a city in the desert that's specifically made to trap you and take your money? (laughs) It's it's great, right? Like, it's like something out of a Greek myth. And I, I love that you can see it from so far away. Like... Even with the technological limitations of the time, they find a way to just get your attention to where you're like, oh, shit, there it is. Like, I'm at the start of the game. There's New Vegas. Let me walk through this quarry. Yeah, you It's can the actually, quickest way there. Yeah, you can actually see it, like, from right where we're standing here with the grave. You can, If you look out over in that direction, you can see New Vegas shining in the distance with the lucky 38 rising above everything. Being like, oh, come here. Come engage with me and take over the city and become the new warlord of the Mojave. I would never. House is my homie. I definitely killed House. I think I I punched him too. I punched Caesar. I punched House. Yeah, well. It is what it is. It is is what it is. (laughs) 
So what would you say is the tone of New Vegas? Because we've talked about the setting a little bit in terms of like, oh, it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. We've talked about some of the factions, but how does this all uh, play together? Is this a is this a feel good yeehaw time? Am I gonna cry? Am I gonna am I gonna be down in the dumps? Uh, ideally, you would feel all of those emotions and more. Uh, and more. <laughs> and more. Yeah, there are a whole bunch of... Okay, well, a lot of people think that the Fallout series is super bleak just because it's a post-apocalyptic setting and you got a whole bunch of people that are, you know, just clinging to try to survive in this wasteland and make the best of it despite all of these dangers that are left over from before the war and new dangers that sprang up as a direct cause of it. Living in a wasteland sucks. We all get that. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that humanity stopped surviving and stopped, you know, having fun, trying to build new things, trying to move forward. Um, And there is a whole bunch of humanity in this story as well, in unlikely places and in places where you would expect it. One example would be all the companions that you can grab in this game. Every single one of them has a story. They're all, you know, somebody that you can grow close to and talk to, and they'll watch your back when there's a bunch of legionaries trying to hunt you down. What do you feel when you play through it? When I play this game, I mostly feel nostalgic, because the first time that I played it was in college, my final year of college. I had just gotten done doing a months-long binge of Skyrim, (laughs) and then I was like, hey, I should play more of Bethesda's back catalog. I've never played Fallout New Vegas, I should try it out. And that was, that was it. (laughs) That game was probably one of the best that I ever will play. Uh, And I banged it out super early in my video gaming career. What would you say is the message of this game? You know, with all these factions scooting around and trying to fight over the Hoover Dam. Is it that hydroelectricity is the most important thing at the end of the day? Yeah, I think that the main message would be that Hoover Dam is going to outlast all of us and we should definitely put all of our faith into something as renewable as hydroelectric energy in a world where water is disappearing. <laughs> no, I think the the main message of this game is hammered into you pretty clearly over the course of it. Um, the idea of letting go of the past and trying to move forward. Uh, Fallout has always been very much about that in general. It's very, I mean, I mean, how else could you make a post-apocalyptic game without talking about the thing that ended the world and why? But Fallout New Vegas isn't just focused on that. It's talking about, or it's trying to show how all of these different groups in the Mojave are still kind of clinging to the idea of the old America, for example, or ancient Rome. (laughs) (laughs) Going way back. Or some veneer of capitalistic dominance and the idea that it can save you from the woes of the world if you just make enough money you can get out of any situation. The idea that, you know, capitalism will save you from something as devastating as as a worldwide nuclear war I don't know if that's actually going to do you the job. And that's kind of what this game is trying to impart. The fact that relying on these past ideals may not get you where you need to go in terms of human civilization, going back to the way it used to be. Is that something you want? If I can give you some pushback here. Sure. I mean, capitalism saved New Vegas. Did it, though? I mean, it didn't explode. (laughs) Well. Everybody wants New Vegas. But why do they want it? Because it's shiny. <laughs> and is shiny something that will better the human race in the long run? I mean, it's a nice place for everyone to live. Everyone. Ah, <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> you've you've cornered me. Well, intellectually, just... you've okay. Cornered so when me. you think of New Vegas and you think about the flashy strip and the beautiful colored lights and the really tall tower. Nobody thinks about the fact that there's a slum right next door. <laughs> yeah, it's if you if you go like outside of the really nice area where you know there's strippers in the street, there's drunk people wandering around. Oh, this is awesome! And then you go like slightly over like a short walk, and it's just bombed out ruins. And is that where someone tries to lure you into an alleyway and kill you? Yeah, a couple people do that, actually. Also, I would like to point out that there is a wall that is guarded by armed robots that will not let you into the strip unless you have 2,000 caps on you. Read into that what you will. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. I don't... Robot good? Robot bad? (laughs) 
Robot need money? I think that's the message. I think robots are destitute and they need more money. Robot the tool of the ruling class <laughs> that mm. just wants to take your money and use it to leave the planet. But if I have the money... Wait, does he <laughs> want to leave the planet? Yep, that's House's plan. He wants to use the strip to raise money so that he can restart the industrial sector and then build spaceships and leave. That's not, his plan. Not a bad idea, if you ask me. <laughs> right, but who's going to be on those ships? Just him? <laughs> Crusty Mr. House in his little pod. And then, like, five strippers. And if you think about it, is there anything else you could be doing with that money? <laughs> uh, well, you know, at, at the moment, I don't know what agriculture is. I don't know what renewable resources are. So, no, I think we should fling ourselves into space instead of fixing the problem. Or we can blow the money on kicking the shit out of Caesar's Legion and the NCR. The message is yes, I will absolutely get behind raising a ton of cash to kick Caesar's ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you say to the people who, like, unironically are like, I, I love Caesar's Legion. That's a good plan. The thing about Caesar's Legion is that I don't think there are a whole lot of people out there who do unironically like his plan. They're out there. But they're not as common as you think they are. Well, or at least I would hope not. What would you say to them, though? What I would say to them is think about the cost and think about the longevity. The cost of Caesar's Legion lies not in, like, money, obviously. Like, they're doing just fine without a whole lot of funding. The cost would be the human factor. The number of tribes and settlements that were overrun by this cohort of people that decided they were going to LARP as Roman soldiers. They are killing anybody who opposes them, enslaving whoever's left over, stamping out any evidence of culture that used to belong to these people, and turning them into a cog in the machine as they roll slowly west in pursuit of the dream of a man who decided that after reading a couple of books on Roman history, he was going to pretend to be the greatest leader ever known. <laughs> Uh, but the Hegelian dialectic, Emma. The Hegelian dialectic, don't you see? No, you were totally right to punch him in the face the first time you met him. You should be able to stuff him in a locker. <laughs> you should be able to just stuff him in a locker. The ironic thing is, like, he came from a place of learning. I assume he got stuffed in a locker at some point. Like, <laughs> And I think that it damaged him so much psychically that he just decided... <laughs> He was never going to have that happen again. Careful who you call ugly in high school. <laughs> they might become Caesar of the Legion. <laughs> no. Okay, so yeah, obviously there's the human cost. Like, if you're a woman in the Legion, you are a slave. There is no alternative. You don't have any freedom. You don't have any freedoms. And you don't really have that many freedoms if you're a man, either. Like, you're essentially expected to become a soldier... And give your life to this wonderful cause that was beaten into you since you were, what, 12 years old? Right. Like, there's no alternative in the Legion. Like, you don't get a choice. The other thing that I would point out to anybody that unironically likes Caesar's Legion is the fact that there is no real longevity that's going to come out of this regime. Caesar seems to think that his Legion is going to last past him, even though he doesn't have a plan for who's going to succeed him. The obvious choice and the one that the game makes if you kill Caesar is Legate Linnaeus, but Legate Linnaeus is a warmonger and he can't run a territory as large as Arizona and New Mexico put together without, you know, everything falling apart, right? There's also the fact that Caesar is not gonna last much longer after the game ends anyway because he's got brain cancer so i think it's a classic case of cult of personality and if the whole draw of your faction is i really like that guy he seems pretty smart fuck he's dead uh, well, like, I do think that Caesar's Legion, on top of all the other goofy, stupid things that they do, I think once Caesar dies, like, it's just going to fall apart. The NCR has cars? They have voting? Yeah, sure, they have corrupt politicians, but Caesar's Legion, again, will execute you because you, I don't know, stole a loaf of bread or something. And, and the whole slavery thing, I won't gloss over that as well. Like, more than half the population is just screwed over. Yeah, I think on the surface there are aspects of Caesar's Legion that are attractive from the outset. Like, the fact that they've got basically zero crime. Because, you know, if anybody gets caught stealing anything, they just execute you. <laughs> 
Very effective. Very effective. Yeah, one of the companions cast will point out the fact that caravan traders who travel within Legion territory don't have to worry about the same stuff that people traveling in the NCR would. Like, you have to worry about raiders and various wildlife along the road that might try to eat your Brahmin. And that doesn't happen in the Legion because they have the manpower to guard all of the roads. And the NCR doesn't, right? Because the NCR is stretched too thin. And because you have the freedom to not be a soldier in the NCR. Right. The, yeah, the trade-off is, do you want to be able to go and trade freely wherever you like, or would you rather be a slave? <laughs> yeah. It's tough. That's a tough choice. Yeah, it's really awful. And then, of course, you get the, the usual type who are like, yeah, women suck. We should get um, state-mandated girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love the internet. I think, yeah, like you said with the cult of personality with Caesar, I think that is a huge part of it because they got a really phenomenal voice actor to voice him and he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And that's enough to fool a lot of people. (laughs) I'm hoping it fools people listening to this. Like if you bring up the Hegelian dialectic in a discussion and and the person you're talking to doesn't know what that is... They're just going to nod along and be like, oh, yeah. Of course. Such of <laughs> the dialectic, of course. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. We should just, you know, throw ourselves into a dictatorship. That's the obvious choice. Yeah. I've, I've never even heard of a Roman history book. How did you come across this? <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, you know more about Roman history than I do. What era is Caesar here trying to emulate? Or is it just kind of a mishmash of aesthetic? I mean, okay, so I don't know the, the aesthetics because... You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a Roman cosplayer, so I don't know what's era appropriate. Don't worry, but... they're all wearing football gear and feathers, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why the fuck did they pick Roman legionary armor in a hot-ass play? I feel like your armor would burn you. Anyway, anyway, I don't know. It just seems like he's copying the, I'm a, I'm a strong man that's, you know, sacrificing your liberties so that we can have a strong and prosperous state. So, like, literally, like, when Julius Caesar and Augustus take over, he's skipping the centuries-long tradition of, like, democracy and voting, and he's skipping straight to the tragic, ah, I must do this for the good of my people, when he's just enslaving people. So, it's a dumb comparison. (laughs) You know, I'm very nuanced here. He's not really... I'd say it's very superficial he's just aping the roman state i don't know it just it's such a surface level we're gonna be brutally cruel to you and limit everyone's freedoms he's ignoring that like there were parts of rome that weren't just the military engine and so the game can only be so detailed because like you said it was developed in 18 months it's a Bethesda game. I don't know if you've seen their cities in Skyrim and Oblivion. It's like 20 people. is a metropolis, apparently. So we don't get to see a ton. But I, I do think that his, his Roman aesthetics is more of an excuse rather than a genuine blueprint to follow. But it is still effective. Like, people love imperial imagery. Their outfits look kind of cool, I guess. Uh, but it looks really stupid when they're fighting people with guns. Like, very cool sword, I'm going to vaporize you now. Well, the Legion has guns, too. They fight with guns. They do fight with guns, but I still run into a lot of melee fighters with the Legion. Yeah, they really will just roll up on you with a spear while you're packing, like, some kind of SMG. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) realistically speaking, um, I know that, again, these games... It's a video game, so, like, wow, that guy's got a lot of health. I'm gonna have to shoot him in the head, like... 80 times to kill him. Realistically, I think the NCR should just roll over these clowns because they're LARPing. Their armor is probably not very effective against firearms or would weigh them down too much. And the NCR has vehicles. Like, if they continue to prosper, if they continue to do well, uh, they'll have motorized warfare and Caesar will be comatose while his generals are shitting themselves because, oh no, now there's trucks with turrets on them 
And quick, let's get into our shield wall formation and get ripped apart. I don't even know how I got on this topic. I just <laughs> like to ima- I like to imagine the Legion just getting shat on eventually because it really does not make a ton of sense uh, why their state is working. But again, it's a video game. It's going to look cool. So I-, I still like that the Legion is in the game, even if I don't support them. They make a good foil. They're the ultimate uh, like edgelord, like ugh, good times make weak men but bad times make strong men pee pee poo poo that is why i like you said i need the state mandated girlfriend and everyone else needs to suffer so i'm I'm glad that they're there so that you can beat up on them i'm glad they're there too it's interesting that you bring up the ncr and their capabilities because yeah they have vehicles they don't have vehicles in this game though (laughs) no one has vehicles in this game unless you mod them in nobody has vehicles in this game But also, they make a point of saying, one, the heavy troops of the NCR are actually tied up elsewhere because the Brahmin barons within the NCR want their herds protected, so that's where Congress sent them. (laughs) And two, this war isn't popular. Like, it's dragged on for a while, it's draining money from the nation, and, you know, the politicians are all starting to turn. They're starting to flip and be like, I don't want to support this anymore, we're not going to fund it. So the NCR is really dealing with a lack of resources where the Legion just takes what it wants and kind of wanders in and runs around. Well, I would argue that since it's a cult of personality thing, they're fighting a war of like, it's almost an existential conflict where if they lose or if it's even perceived as a loss, even if they make material gains, I think that would ruin the Legion. I think Caesar would look like a dickhead. Um, and that would erode his legitimacy. Meanwhile, the NCR can, like, limp on if they lose a little bit of territory. Okay, they'll just come back and take it over later when Caesar's little playtime group falls apart when he kicks the bucket. And so the NCR is falling into the whole, like, oh, we're a democracy. We, we can't keep a war popular as much as a literal warrior cult. But they don't need to. They can just wait until... Caesar's Legion falls apart, because I think it would just rip itself apart eventually. I think it's very important that the faction is called Caesar's Legion, and not like the new Roman Empire. The military is the state with this, and eventually they're going to run out of people to enslave, they're going to run out of momentum, or they're just all going to start kicking the shit out of each other. Because, spoiler alert for Roman history fans who haven't gotten to this season yet, Eventually, the Roman Empire uh, does turn on itself, albeit because it runs out of external foes. I think New Vegas's legion would either run out of people to fight because they're in the middle of nowhere and they can't just hoof it across the desert to find the next person to be angry at, um, or if they are successful, yeah, they're just gonna they're gonna run out of ways to justify that. Oh yeah, we need slaves and we need everyone to be a soldier. I, I feel like I've given the legion too much. Too much airtime. That's fair. <laughs> we could talk about how House is trying to play both sides and come out on top here. <laughs> I'd love to hear about that because I think House is funny. I think House is a silly little guy. House is hilarious. He's joining my pantheon of silly little guys. House's little city-state is no match for either of the of the two foes Take that it he's back. up against. Take it back. No, he even admits that if you talk to him. He needs to just believe in himself more. That's why he needed... <laughs> okay, that's partially why he needed the platinum chip, which the courier was supposed to deliver, but then got robbed of. Um, it's meant to upgrade his Securitron army so that it can more effectively take on a foe like the NCR or Caesar's Legion. But when the NCR first showed up in the Mojave, House looked at them and said, yeah, no, I can't beat them, so I'm just gonna go out make a deal and say, hey, you can use Hoover Dam, but I would like to maintain control of the strip and I would like to keep all of the money that I make from charging your soldiers who are on leave or using the casinos. Just leave me alone, please. I'll back you up if something happens. At the same time, the Legion is marching west, so they meet at the dam and start to clash. And House is just in the corner, like, (laughs) holding his fists out and being like, yes, yes, fight. Stop paying attention to me and deal with each other first. Like, he's hoping the war will wear both of them down a bit until they're a manageable size that he can take them on. 
Well, I don't think that the NCR would ever be a manageable size, quote-unquote. I think that the best he could hope for is maintaining his special little autonomous zone. Um, I don't think you can... I mean, this is very bleak if he just had an army of Securitrons rolling across the desert towards California. But I don't I don't think that's his goal anyway. I don't think he could do that. Caesar's Legion can suck eggs. They, I don't think they could ever take over New Vegas once he's got the platinum chip. Well, no, I don't think House is trying to be imperialistic like those two are. He just wants to keep Vegas and use his money to, you know, start up some businesses that'll get him off planet as quickly as possible. Which is so weird because who the hell does he need to pay for a space program? I don't know. There's a space program (laughs) down the road that some ghouls are trying to start up and he doesn't seem all that interested in it, so... Who does he need to pay? (laughs) He's gonna need to pay some skilled laborers, which are most likely to be found in the NCR these days, I would suppose. Okay. It's just weird to me, like, ah, yes, I will pay you money for the space program. (laughs) Bye-bye. I would assume he would just say, like, hey, come with me to space. I would guess that he... I don't know that they lay all this out, but I would guess that his overall plan is to regain control of his robot factories that he has across the nearby areas and then convert them into space technology factories. That makes sense. Like, he already has had the materials and the resources kind of lined up to do that prior to the Great War happening. Right. Because he was tipped off that it was going to happen. Hence why he was prepared for the missiles that were going to fall on He had his little Ready Player One headset on, ready to go. He was sitting in his gamer chair. He was (laughs) watching the skies. What's up, guys? Mr. House XX69XX. Today we're saving my fucking city. (laughs) Stream abruptly cuts off. I'm getting so seepy. Yeah, um, I would guess that that would be his plan, to try to convert his own businesses into something that he can use to gain space travel, essentially. I just want to, I would love to see him succeed. I know that's wrong, morally. Really, New Vegas should be in the hands of, like, the NCR, but I would love to see him just go, Goodbye, everyone, (laughs) I'm making a space casino. Earth sucks. And he just, he just leaves. I would, I would love to see like a sequel or something that just explores how House planned to pick and choose people to take with him because you just know he's not gonna like go by himself. Like he's gonna take some humans with because he needs customers to buy his robots in space. <laughs> he could just have a bunch of robots buying and selling things to each other until the end of time. <laughs> like him with a bunch of oversized action figures in space. But why does he need to do that in space? He could do that on Earth. He's essentially... <laughs> exactly! exactly. <laughs> He's silly! He's a silly little guy! It's silly little plans. I love him. He's a he's a fun character in yeah. the Fallout universe. So we've we've talked about a house and we've talked about Caesar and maybe you'll have a different answer that doesn't include either one of them, but who would you say is the villain of this game? Uh well, I think the easy answer to that could be the courier, depending on how oh. you play them. <laughs> no, I I think I think Caesar is the, the main villain of this. Really? I think House is he sucks for multiple reasons, but he's got panache. <laughs> and Caesar, Caesar also has panache, or he wouldn't have his legion. Like, he had to sell that to somebody at some point. But I think Caesar is representative of the kind of individual who will logic themselves into a situation that you then cannot get them out of, which is to the detriment of everyone around them. He founded the Legion essentially because he was trying to save his own skin after getting captured by a tribe that he was talking to, and while he was in their captivity, convinced them that they should maybe fix up their weapons a little bit and wage war on their neighbors, and then suddenly he's in control of, you know, a nation. Oh, what a genius. (laughs) Make better weapons, fight people next to you. I don't really like him because... (laughs) You know, the whole thing about enslaving women and all that shit, like, it's hard to overlook that as a woman, but (laughs) it's very hilarious to play the game as a lady and have him give you his whole speech about how 
you know, women are beneath men and this is the only way to keep humanity alive for several generations down the line and then, you know, be like, hey, can you do all these tasks for me? I know you're a lady, but... <laughs> pretty please? My Weegins can't get the job done. Objectively hilarious. 10 yeah. out of 10. Anyway, I don't like Caesar because I've met Caesar. I know the people who will philosophize themselves into thinking they've found the answer to the world's woes. When in actuality, they've just found the answer to their own destiny. Making themselves the main character, the center of attention. The only person to turn to when, when wolves are at the door. That's what Caesar did. That he, sounds like House? <laughs> yeah. House, to a, to a certain extent, did it too. But at least House is, I don't know, trying to get out of town <laughs> rather than <laughs> trying to take over town. Okay. <laughs> So what you're telling me is in 50, no, not 50 years, Caesar would definitely be dead by then if Caesar took over New Vegas and was also like, I'm going to launch myself into space and make the space Roman Empire, you'd be cool with that? No, that's where they differ. House wants to get out because he thinks that the planet is over and humanity is over and he gave him a chance and you blew it. I'm leaving. I'm taking my toys and going home. Caesar is deluding himself into thinking that he's doing this for humanity's sake. He thinks that we can last longer if we model ourselves after the Roman Empire and whether or not that's, you know, feasible, we already talked about. But I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's convinced himself that he is the correct answer to uh, civilization restarting to a certain extent. I don't agree with him, but he would stay in town and he would make everybody's lives miserable while he's trying to achieve that goal. And for that, he needs to die. Okay. A reasonable answer. Yeah, you know. A reasonable answer. We've, we've talked about a lot of the big wigs here, but are there any minor factions that you have a sweet spot for? Oh, absolutely. I am a big fan of the Brotherhood of Steel, just in general. Not because I agree with what they're into, but because I find them fascinating. I want to put them in a jar and shake them. Oh. That's not very nice. Although they are basically in their little... I joked about the boomer enclosure, but the Brotherhood of Steel is, like, literally in a box in this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy the Brotherhood of Steel. For those of you who might not be familiar with the Brotherhood of Steel, they arose after the Great War when the nukes fell because a group of American soldiers found out that essentially they had been tricked into being machines of the of the war and that their government didn't care about them and that the US government had been experimenting on other soldiers and so they threw up their hands and said fine we're going to go into the desert we're going to live in bunkers we're going to dedicate ourselves to the preservation of technology because technology is what ended the world and we're not going to talk to anybody else <laughs> It's ours, and certainly we can be trusted. We are normal and can be trusted with world-ending technology. Oh, absolutely. And there's some internal debate within the Brotherhood of Steel of whether they should be just hoarding the tech or using the tech. And there are a couple people throughout the Fallout games that point out that the only tech they seem to be interested in is weaponry. <laughs> in fact, I think if you talk to a raider in Fallout 4, he'll say, well, they're basically just another raider group that's better equipped. And I can't really argue with him. But here in Fallout New Vegas, they aren't doing so well because they recently had a bit of a schism in their group. Um, they had an elder that was forced out because he was being weird. And there's a there's a story to that. Weird how? He was trying to take over a power facility and harness some secret power at that facility for the Brotherhood's use. And the Brotherhood wound up in a skirmish with the NCR over the facility and lost a bunch of people and tech in the process. And they said, all right, that's the last straw you're out here that's what happened there he was also veronica's grandpa i mean not her literal grandpa but like grandpa figure anyway so they're dealing with that whole thing that just happened and they're also just kind of shrinking because they are low on members they are low on places to retreat to they're low on allies and they're not doing anything to make their situation better nobody likes them they're hiding in a bunker. <laughs> Nobody trusts anybody, and we're all very tired. <laughs> yeah, so the Brotherhood of Steel is unliked by pretty much everybody in the Wasteland, and they refuse to change. They refuse to change in terms of membership, like they won't let new members in. They're just dealing with whatever kids their group can manage to have and then raising them into the Brotherhood. They won't change in terms of their preservation of technology thing, like. 
nobody likes them because they just roll up, declare that something is theirs, and then try to take it. <laughs> which, that is actually mine. Which, Hand it over. <laughs> which never goes over well with the locals, right? And especially won't go over well with the people who are specifically in the Mojave to try to like take some of the tech home and use it in their nations. You mean they don't go, uh, understandable. Have a nice day, Brotherhood. You may have my turbo cannon. Right, and they especially are hated by House, who, number one, is the king of the tech in the area. He is the founder of Robco. He's going to be a target because all of his stuff is valuable. And number two, he just hates them because they're LARPing as, like, knights and paladins. Not a big fan of that for some reason. He thinks they're a massive pile of dorks. Anyway. Me and House having the same thoughts yet again. My favorite faction, the little of uh, the little factions. If you say the boomers. <laughs> it's not the boomers. I hate the boomers. I said I don't like the boomers. It's the kings. I like the kings. Yeah, the kings are fun. <laughs> Thanks for saving my robot dog and giving him a new brain. <laughs> oh, this is great. I forgot all the sad stuff happening. <laughs> it's for for those of you that don't know, it's just a group of Elvis impersonators. Why do they impersonate Elvis again? Is it just because like there's a lot of iconography of him? Well, the king, who leads the kings... That would be thy name. <laughs> I believe he stumbled upon an Elvis impersonation school in the ruins of New, of New Vegas in Freeside, and he didn't know who the guy was, but he figured that because there was all this iconography and all of these classes that were being taught to teach you how to emulate this guy. He must have been some kind of deity, some kind of important figure. And so he decided to start doing it too. And now there's a cohort of Elvises running around that don't know who Elvis is. They never once say the name Elvis in this game. They just refer to them as the kings. They don't even play Elvis on the radio in this game. Couldn't get the rights, probably. (laughs) No, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to avoid having to deal with it altogether and just decided to go with the king. But you can't, like, make a Vegas game without referencing Elvis somehow. He made that town. In the remake, they need an alternate ending where the kings get control of Hoover Dam and they put chemicals in the water to turn everyone into Elvis. I also want to point out that the kings are not the only group in this universe that are interested in Elvis. In the first Fallout game... There is a random encounter where you find a crashed spaceship and a dead alien that has a picture of Elvis on his body. <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. You can find aliens in, in Fallout New Vegas as well if you have the Wild Wasteland perk on. Wait, what is the point of Divergence in Fallout? It's kind of amorphous. There are a couple of different things. Well, I just mean like, what year did the bombs drop? 2077. Damn, Elvis is still huge in 2077. Yeah, that's something about the games that they do is they, you would call the genre Adam Punk where that's, you know, kind of a, a sci-fi, like a retro-futurism feel to it yeah. that really glorifies atomic energy, and there's usually robots. like that's <laughs> And Elvis. And Elvis. And Elvis, he's in there. It's, it's going for, like, that 1950s aesthetic, but, like, the 1950s futuristic aesthetic, yeah. where there's a whole bunch of shiny, bright colors and a bunch of the old music. A bunch of the music being played on the radio is actually old tunes from like the 40s and 50s that's what fallout's going for yeah yeah it is it is weird to think about and i think it kind of falls apart even if the united states were trapped in the 50s forever you would eventually get new performers in that style instead of like we're just always gonna have the same 1940s and 50s music playing until the end of time but again it's a video game they're not going to invent a whole new genre of music one of the arguments that i've seen for the retrofuturism and the clinging to the 50s aesthetic for these games is the fact that america is kind of stuck in that mentality where it's capitalism versus communism like america versus china and so there's a huge push culturally in order to support the war that you know, is promoting that traditional family values, like capitalistic economy, booming economy. But we had that. Aesthetic. We had that, and we still got out of the 50s. Yeah, well, maybe we just cycled back to it. 
I mean, there's... <laughs> <laughs> that would, that's actually a really good idea. There's a song that's being played on pop music radio right now that sounds like a 50s doo-wop hit. Well, I was going to say, right now we're kind of just getting out of the, oh my god, the 80s are amazing, and we need to constantly emulate the 80s. So yeah, maybe... It, coincidentally, right when the bombs drop, everybody was in their 50s moment, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It was just 50s day at work when the bombs fell. <laughs> everybody was in on it. Everybody, everybody loved it. Everyone redid their houses. Everyone got rid of their other music. That's a fine line, though, for the Fallout games, where you're trying to, like, you're trying to reconcile the aesthetic and what the designers are going for versus the canon story and the history that's been altered. And I don't think you're ever going to get a neat answer to it unless it's all planned out like 50 years in advance like the MCU. Yeah, and again, it's a video game. Bethesda games don't have most of the population living in the countryside farming. It's like two guys growing turnips and then a giant city nearby. And so I don't think we're ever going to get like the perfect realism. Things aren't going to make perfect sense. They don't need to make perfect sense. It's a it's a silly little setting. Yeah, it's okay. We're just doing it because it looks pretty. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. We just <laughs> talked about it for an hour because it's okay. I wanted to turn the spotlight to you. Moi. You. Since we're getting towards the end of the episode here. And I wanted to know, since you are a prolific fan fiction writer, uh, what got you started writing about Fallout? Oh, man. Well, uh, Fallout 4 actually got me started writing about Fallout. So, sorry, New Vegas. That's one thing that Fallout 4 has on you that you don't have. End the episode. <laughs> no, I started writing fanfic because I played Fallout 4, and I thought, that's really cool, but there are some gaps I would like to fill in, and I can do that myself. And so I started writing in the Fallout universe, and then I started writing for Fallout New Vegas, and Fallout 76, and even a little bit of Fallout 3, and it just kind of turned into a love for the series overall. And now I write small drabbles or companion reaction posts on Tumblr where you're given a scenario and then you write the reactions of the Fallout New Vegas companions to said scenario. They're usually pretty short, but I've got a pretty big backlog. I've got about 85 of those out there in the world for you to find. 85? 85 companion reaction posts and drabbles. Wow. And then I have one long-form fanfic that I've written, an archive of our own set in Fallout New Vegas, and a couple more for the other Fallout games. Cool. What, what's your longest work? So my longest fic is my Fallout 4 series that I have ongoing currently. It'll have about 150 chapters when it's finished, and it's currently sitting at 560,000 words. Is that a lot? Yeah, that's a lot. That's, I think, Lord of the Rings length. Damn. All right. I'm very proud of it, but that's not Fallout New Vegas related. It's Fallout 4. Yeah, well, still, it's Fallout content. I was curious. What is your favorite creation? Because I know you also do artwork that's Fallout related. Is it is your favorite piece of art or just your favorite content that you made? Is it your one of your fanfics? Is it a specific drawing? What's your What's your favorite that you've made? When I'm doing Fallout New Vegas art... Um, I love to do little compilation pieces that are exploring wasteland fauna and flora, especially food. I like I like to draw Fallout themed food. <laughs> I think I think drawing food is very cozy, so it brings me a lot of joy. Um, my most famous uh, piece of art, I think, for Fallout New Vegas is a morphology chart for Night Stalkers. Night Stalkers are a coyote rattlesnake hybrid creature that are specific to the Mojave Desert. That's a, it's a bit of a cursed idea, but they're very cute, I promise. They also hit like an ice cream truck. But anyway, I did a little chart, which... <laughs> I did, I did a little drawing of a chart um, exploring rattlesnake morphology. You know, they can have a whole bunch of different colors to their scales, and I wanted to make various colors of the Night Stalkers. And that one hit a lot of blogs on Tumblr. Nice. <laughs> um, I also get a lot of love for my landscapes that I do for Fallout New Vegas. I've made some desert pieces, and I like to bring in elements from other Fallout games, like... One of my most popular New Vegas landscape pictures is a picture of the courier running into the Good Springs Tavern in the middle of a rad storm. 
There aren't red storms in Fallout New Vegas. I just thought it was a cool idea to marry that with like a sandstorm, um, which you might actually see in the desert. Yeah, I think that's a cool idea. And you can take creative liberties. Again, dog with robot brain, robot sheriff, old guy in a pod running a casino. Like you can you can get a little goofy with the setting. So that's cool that people enjoy that stuff. Emma? It has been a pleasure. Uh, before we wrap this up, is there anywhere we can find you online? Anything you'd like to shout out? Yeah, um, you can find me and my Fallout New Vegas and Fallout at Large content on Tumblr under the username Nightingaelic. You can also find me on Archive of Our Own under that same name. And I am not on Twitter. So that's one of, for, for my many sins, at least one of them is not being on Twitter. <laughs> But this show is on Twitter. Uh, if you have a game that you're passionate about or you just want to see me replying to tweets about sucking toes, uh, you can find us on Twitter. I think it's NPC Pod or No Player Connected. Just just look up the name and you'll probably find me. I'm usually tweeting about something terrible. So, sucking, Emma? Sucking toes. Yeah, there was a, there was a, <laughs> there was a tweet about... <laughs> the duality of man and it was one skyrim mod about added depth and you know realism and the other one was like add this shout to suck on women's toes and i was like does that mean only the dragonborn can suck on toes and emma you have something you want to weigh in here yeah i just wanted to point out that the dragonborn is not the only person in skyrim who can shout you would also have the possibility of the Greybeards or Ulfric Stormcloak or dragons themselves using said shout to get them piggies. <laughs> to, to suck on toes. So yeah, if that sounds appealing to you or if you want to like... give feedback on the show or if you want to maybe even hop on here and express interest, by all means, go for it. All right, Emma, I have one last question for you. Can you say the line? Absolutely. See you later.